Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. I wanna, I wanna learn with this coming Shabbos. We're not gonna be zayicha to be together, some of us. So I wanna study a Mishnah from. I wanna really study two Mishnayos from the fifth parak of Abbas. Jump ahead to this coming week's parak, and. Um, this week's the fifth parak of Abbas, and then the Shabbos right before Shavuos. The week will be back in Yeshiva Shabbos into Shavuos, the sixth parak of Abbas. In the fifth parak of Abbas, this coming Shabbos, says the following Mishnah, and there's a Yisoyed here in the Mishnah that, mo- that to me speaks, says a lot. It describes Avay Subanim, fathers and son, what that means in Aven Ben, what that is in Aven Ben. It describes a lot what our banim are, what banim mean. It, it really defines it different than we tend to think about a father and son. But the Mishnah goes as follows. It says, Asara Dairis, there are ten generations minayach bad Avramam. From Nayach to Avram Avinu, there were ten generations. Loidia, to let us know how patient Hashem is, how slow to anger God is. There are ten generations from Nayak Lavram, Shakola Dairus. All the generations, Hayumachisinu Bayim, were angering Hashem. From Nayak to Lavram Avinu, ten generations were angering God. Until Avram Avinu came and he received all their schar. Chaim, you hear that Mishnah? That's the end of the Mishnah. Very short, brief Mishnah. The ten generations of Nayatul Avram to tell how slow to anger God is. All the generations got Avshem angry until Avram Avinu came and received all their schar. Now, what I would ask everybody here, I'll ask two kashas, though I could ask more questions on this Mishnah. He received all their schar, Ben. See, what schar did they get? They anger God. Lechari, they have no schar. So what does it mean he received all their schar? They didn't get that. So, Momo intelligently says, Hashem doesn't hold back the schar of any person. And, and every person does something good. My problem, Momo, I like what you said. I don't believe that's what the Mishnah is saying, and I'll tell you why. The Mishnah doesn't discuss the good deeds they did. The Mishnah talks about ten generations. Ten generations were horrible until Avram came and got all their schar. It, didn't, it, it doesn't mention that ten... It doesn't mention anything. It, it seems they did bad things until Avram came along and got all their schar. It's not the Mishnah is not making mention of their lives of good deeds that they did. So, so what schar is referring to? Is mekabel their schar? What schar do they possibly have? They don't have schar. They didn't do good things. Now Momo is right. It's a truth. What Momo is saying. That every person, a good deed, still a good deed. Even a big Russia gets rewarded, gets schar for a, a good deed they do. So when it says he was mekabel, their schar means the punk, the one deed they get. 
By the way, if you're right, Momos, then I would ask, so why does he get their schar? They should get their schar. But at least that would explain why there is schar. Because they have a good deed. I don't know if that's the Mishnah saying. It's talking about that they angered God. And my next question is, so question one would be, what schar are we talking about? Avram, till I, they angered God until Avram came and took their schar. So question number one would be, what's schar? If they angered God, they don't get rewarded for that. And two is, why did Avram Avinu take their schar if there is any schar? Even if Momo's right, in a they had some good deeds. So why is Avram Avinu stealing their schar? This Mishnah is very like troubling what it's saying. It, you know, if the Mishnah is trying to express, they would te- and I want, I want to say something else. The Mishnah describes Hashem as slow to anger. It's Erech HaPayim. He's, let's say he wasn't Erech HaPayim. What would he have done? Brought another Mabal? And he promised not... Is that Erech HaPayim? That he allowed Avram Avinu to come? What's the Mishnah referring to, Chaim? That Hashem is slow to anger because ten generations did bad. So where do you see slow to anger? Until Avram Avinu... Well, he, he punished all them. They didn't get schar. Avram did what do you mean he was slow to anger? I see somebody, they all got, they got, they all got, they all got, they all got a lot of trouble. Avram took their schar. It's funny, if I would tell you, right, was Snicky so benevolent, so nice. The whole share did something terrible. You know what? He gave everything they were supposed to get to the one guy who was good. So then you're not so slow to anger. You actually unleashed all your anger. You, you, you punished them all. Avram took the schar, not them. So Mishnah's describing God's benevolence, Hashem is so kind and so slow to anger, describes a lot of generations who got punished. The good guy got the schar. Where do you see slow to anger? Chaim, is that a fair question? This Mishnah, like, I don't know, what's the Mishnah? I want it, I, there's a pshat in the Mishnah that's brought in Rishonim, that's brought in Mepharshim, that changes your view of life. But there's something big here. I want to. I want it, it to, This Mishnah, just the simple reading of the Mishnah, I can't make. I can't figure this out. Ten generations from Noach to Avram, you see how slow to anger Hashem is, because they all got him angry until Avram Avinu came and got all their schar. Slow to anger, they all lost their schar. Avram stole it. <laughs> no, don't be. <coughs> Let's describe it. So it took a long time till he took away their schar. Doesn't say at what point he took it. It says what was given to Avram. So they clearly lost. So what's expressing the slow down? I want to say, Rabbi, say, the Pshat in the Mishnah, Yaakov Dil, what this Mishnah is saying, it does not mean Avram took their schar. It means because of Avram, he was a receptacle for all the schar. Kibel schar kula means through him they all got schar. It doesn't mean he took their schar. He means he was mekabel. He received it through him. They all got it. I'm reminded of a Gemara in a Durham. The Gemara says that a man told his kids, whoever gets to Shalayim first, I'm going to give... I'm going to give him a piece of the carbon Pesach. 
You want stakes from the carbon Pesach? Whoever wins the race. Let me see who's the biggest Zaras. Who's the most enthusiastic? Gemara Gitna, Gemara Nadarm. So they make a race, one kid wins it, and it says he gave all the kids. He gave it to them all. I felt like I was reading about something I would do. He gave it to them all. He gave it to But So what do you mean? But he said this one. He means that through you, I'm going to be Mizaka the whole Mishpacha. It's through you. The credit's yours. Through your work, I'm confident there will be Zrizim. But he gave it to them all. Is the Mefarshim explained Kibbal? So it answers Ben C question one. Shalom, it answers. We said, where do you see Hashem slow to anger? Is through Avram Avinu Steiging, they all got schar. He held their schar for Avram, and through Avram's Steiging, they all got schar. That's what it means, Kibbal schar kulam. Now, there's something remarkably moving to me as follows. Our children continue our struggles. We pass to our children a lot of our battles. And our children, as they succeed, our mezakeh, says Chazal, say Avram Avinu put terech in Olam That Avram Avinu's success caused terech in Olam And there's something deep that a child continues the mission of the parent and brings it and is mashlim and completes things, the parents push it gets schar. Now if it sounds like like the strange credit system, it's not strange at all. Each parent hands the child, even a terah, with all his flaws, hands the child some, some, some tools and skills and some victories. And the child comes and is mashlim, the parents receive schar. It's a continued struggle, and the parents receive schar. I have told the guys before, I, I, I don't ask Mechila repeating it, it's so sad. Here's like a happy, such a happy Wednesday. We were Zaycha, three chasnas in our mishpacha, in our waterbird mishpacha. We were Zaycha, Yitzi Hertz made a bris, named, it, named the beautiful son, Binyamin Aaron. Binyamin Aaron. Yitzi has a brother, was Nifter, his name with Aaron. And he wants that it should be a schos for his halakha brother, for his brother who was, who was an important person in his life. He named his little child this morning, Binyamin Aaron, a beautiful name, Yitzi Hertz, Tzadik, this Tasha. So here's a, it's a gorgeous day. He brought his son to a bris milu. I want to say for a minute, Yitzi Hertz loves Rev Hirsch. I want to pause, like a station identification. I'm about to tell you something sad. So I want to speak about the three simchas. And we had a bris in our mishpacha this morning. Rev Hirsch Chaim says, what's a bris? I'm going to tell you the most brief way I can tell. What's a bris? What is that? We have a mark on our body of our connection to Hashem. A bris is a treaty. But listen to what Rev Hirsch says. What do we cut off the arla? What's an arla? We cut off an arla. That's a bris. Rev Hirsch comes from the entirety of Tanakh, which he knew backwards and forwards, upside down and inside out. And Rev Hirsch says that the word Arla, he shows many proof proofs. This is what a bris is. Ophir. What's a bris? The word Arla, Avram, in Arla means that which you're supposed to control, but you have no control over. That's called an Arla. An Arla is something that you're supposed to be yours, but you have no control over. 
an Aurel would be like a guy as an Evid that's supposed to be humble to him and the Evid runs runs wild. An Arla would be if you ever had a yeshiva where rebellion work for you and you have one Rebbe who like defies the system and tells guys to leave the yeshiva. That's Arla. He's supposed to be under under the control, under the guidance. He's in a yeshiva, and he's rug, he's running ve, vogue. It's called rogue. The word rogue, running rogue, like something that's supposed to be under your control and it's not is called arla. If you think about the first three years of fruit, it's called arla. You're not allowed to eat it. It's yours, and you can't eat it. That's called arla. But first, has many rayas. That's what the word arla means. So the Aurel represents the body is supposed to be the servant of the, of the Neshama. We all have a wonderful body. We have different parts to ourselves. And p- one part that you and I have is this body. We all have a body, a wonderful gift. Excellent body. And the body is supposed to serve. It's a great body. I've been walking around with friends the last couple hours talking, it's, a, it's more delightful. You take your body, you bring it places. We have a body. Actually, you can do so many geshmaka things with the body. And the body is supposed to serve, is supposed to serve, is supposed to be a, a, a trusted evid to the soul. Arla means, the RL means when the body asserts and refuses to bend to the soul. That's an arla. And we cut off the arla as a bris, it's called Mila. Mila means mole, opposite. Mila means restraint. Hashem's name, when he's called Bris Mila, the first time in the Torah, Hashem is not called Hashem or Elohim, he's called Shakai. Shakai means Sha'omar Dai. He says enough to the world. The world's constantly expanding, and Hashem says, Stop. Bris Mila represents limitations. And when you tell your body, hold your horses, stop. Stop. Limitations. That's a bris. You cut off the arla. The arla is the body is 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 dominating, is being dominant, and brismila is the person says the wonderful body that you're a second. You're not in charge. The body is wonderful. It has desires and wants, and we have to care. The body is delightful. We couldn't do anything without the body. We couldn't walk with a friend without the body. We couldn't play a ball game without the body. We couldn't put on film without the body. We couldn't, we couldn't go to a chasna. We couldn't go to a bris without our body. So the body is wonderful and important, but the body is not to be in charge. And bris is when you cut off the arla. The arla represents that something which is supposed to be under your control and is functioning out of your control, and Mila's mole is limiting, is showing limitations to the body. That's what a bris Mila is. That the person holds back. He say, says to physicality, enough. Wow, slow down. That's what it means. There's a, there's a pasuk I always like. It says, Mifanek minayar avadov. If in youth you make your evet finicky, you spoil your evet. In the end, your Evid will be your boss. If you let your Evid lazy around, at the end, your Evid will not be an Evid at all. actually be boss you around. Because you trained your Evid to be lazy. 
This refers to the body of the human being. person who doesn't know how to push his body. I was talking to a Bachar today. I look around the yeshiva, I ask myself. The guy himself, when I was doing this meeting, said, Yaakov, I asked him, give me an example of a guy who'd be a good worker. I think in terms, I beg guys, this summer guys are going to work, do a good job. Do a good job. Just to train your body, Erlich Kite. Just to train. It'll be the best summer you can have. Six weeks, any job you take, loyal to the job. To train your body to work loyally for somebody. There's a boss. You'll have time. My boss is so stupid. He's so mean. He's so this. this. I hate, well, they're probably all true. But do the job, Erlich. I was, I was thinking yeshiva guys who are good workers who would get a job and do it diligently and honestly and thoroughly is such an important part. Somebody who makes finicky his evid from youth, at the end his evid will own him. To learn, to learn the body is one bone. Take good care of your body. Take excellent. Just I, I have this thing, I don't like morning showers. I'm not saying I shouldn't do it. I don't like morning, I tell my body, of course you wash down the horse. Of course, the body. The body, wash it down. Wash it, kishmak. The body should look good. I always say, first produce a little bit. A morning shower. What you done yet? You put in a nice, sweaty day. Then you get a kishmak, a shower. Of course, you take care of your body. Of course. Of course, we take care of our body. But get, get it producing. Let's go. Get it producing. Play some good ball games. Go to a share. Go work hard. Now a mamish put in a day, Avada give it a good hot shower. But mifanik me know your avada. If you make finicky from youth, your evid, that which is supposed to be humbled and subservient, in the end it will own you. It will own you. That which was supposed to be an evid will be so finicky, will be so used to just dominating. Hi, I'm not in the mood, I can't. You, you, made, it, you made it lazy. So that's a very important asset. And brismila is the, is the cutting the arlo of that which is supposed to be humbled. We limit. We show restraint. We show subservience. That's brismila. So Baruch Hashem, it's it's been a tremendous week. Bechesed Hashem of Simchas. So I, I don't want to be like destroy anything, but I want to bring out a point. I've told the guys before that. To me, the following conversation is one of the saddest conversations that you could ever have in the world. It's like the saddest conversation. A 21-year-old guy sits down his father and looks him eyeball to eyeball. And he says to his dad, looks at his dad, it's the hardest thing. He respects his father. He even sort of loves his father as he hates him. And he looks his father in the eyes he says, why'd you beat us up? Every Shabbos you beat us up. Why'd you beat us up? He's crying, he's shaking. Why'd you beat us up, Dad? Why'd you do it? The father cries, probably 10 out of 10. You know what he says after crying? The father's shaking, he sees his son means it. He sees his son needs something real. And 10 out of 10, you know what dad says back? I say 10 out of 10, 9.99999 out of 10. You know what the father says back? Inevitable to an honest person. Son's crying, the son's shaking. There's an honest moment. There's no room for bluff. 9.999, what does the son say back? 
That's what my father did to me. I consider that like this. That's like that's the saddest conversation possible I can planet Earth. Like it's so sad because everything about us is to step forward. There's something so deep. So you're saying you didn't live. You're saying you don't live. So there's no person called you. Whatever your father did, whatever you went through, horrible, cry, grieve, and move forward. The purpose of life is to take what we got and step forward. Step forward, build, build further. The father brought it, he struggled, he had build further. You're in defiance of the very purpose of life, of stepping forward, move forward. Take in what happened, yeah, and then we have to figure out and heal and and step forward. This Mishnah describes all the generations angered Hashem until one person came and became a schar for all of them. One person, Avram Avinu, who we all came from, stepped up and said, I'm doing it different. I'm not just, I'm, I'm not just pre-programmed, this is what happened. I'm not just going to say, this is what my father did. One man stood up and through him was Mizaka generations. Kibbal schar kulam. Generations of people were saved because one man said, my father had struggles. My father also had dreams. My father also made mistakes. But he changed. He stood up. And he, was, and he became... When, you, when that father-son conversation, he's continued, that's, that, that's a link of seven fathers have said that to sons in one way and another. And this father as well. Somebody has to stand up and be an Avram. And Avram Avinu stands up and we're born to be Avram. We're born. We're, we're B'nai Avram. Mogi and Avram. We're from Avram's family. We're born to be Avram's, to stand up. <laughs> To stand up with strength, with courage, with sincerity, with deep thought, with plan, with action, practically, and to do something different. Ad Until Avram Avinu came and said, I'm not just keeping something going. People keep nonsense going for generations. He became a vehicle that allowed generations, that healed generations that gave closure to generations when Toilum somebody stood up. I saw in Svarim, I learned with Menachem Wiener and Sefer about things about the Chuppah, and it's brought many Svarim that generations up, maybe ten generations come to the Chuppah. If you're a very huge, if you're very like into magic, so that like moves you, you like you think at the chuppah. Stam, if you knew a grandfather, an Eltazade, that's very touching. He's at the wedding, do the Waterbury Chevra want more? What does that mean they're at the wedding? What's being said they're at the wedding? What's, what is, what's the implications? What are Chazal saying? So Chazal, if there's, not if, because it's brought, they come to the Chuppah. So it's true. The Nishamas, why they bring the Nishama to the Chuppah? Why are they doing that? They're in Eilam When Hashem say, come, come, I want you to come to the Chuppah. They're brought to the Chuppah means that this new beginning of a husband and wife who are making a new life and a new family, that new family that's being created is relevant to you. Your journey is tied. They're brought here because it matters. If you're just like a, a person who doesn't think, so they're here. You like leave it at that. They're here. 
Okay, that's pretty moving that my great grandfather and my great great, you might even know a deceased relative, to know they're there is pretty moving. But there's something that's much more powerful than they're just here. Is why are they here? Why are they here? What, what Hashem disturbed? Come, come out of it. There's a marriage. Saying they're here means this marriage is relevant to you. Why is it relevant? He did what he did and is not Because we hand to our kids and our kids are mashlim, our journey. They complete our journey. A son is a continuation of dad. And the son's successes bring schar to earlier generations. They're brought to the chuppah because generations before are waiting and it matters to them what goes on in this new home that's being created. The tragedy of the new home saying, my dad did it, so... <laughs> They're all sitting by the chuppah saying, push forward, advance. We handed you what we could. We handed what we did. Push forward, advance us, bring us further. I, the guys know I'm visual, and the guys know that I like sports a lot. Guilty as charged. You know what my visual is? Did anybody here ever run a relay race? People ran relay races? Relay races, gishmaka, relay races. We should do it in Cold War here. We didn't do any relay races. We should do it. We relay races, gishmaka. What? We should do any of those type of stuff. We should. Okay, it's make up. The relay race works. You have four people, let's say a four man relay. So the first guy hands a baton to guy two, who runs with the baton, who hands it to guy three, to guy four. And when you hand the baton, you're, like, you're, you're begging the guy, here, 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 now run weiter, go, go, go. Run weiter, and, and let's go win the next leg. Advance this, bring home a W for us. That they're at our chuppah, that's what's being said. What's being said is we're handing a baton, push forward. To say, well, I did this, this is how my father behaved, this is, this is what I saw. So you didn't get it, push forward. We come from Avram Avinu. There were ten generations that repeated, that didn't advance. Until one Avram Avinu came and took the baton and ran it across the finish line. Until one person took it, and said, it's true, there's, there's challenges, it's true in the Mishpacha, it's true. And he healed, and he grew, and Hashem, Hashem, Hashem was, was Michael, and, and he brought it to places. That's Erech HaPayim, that's the slow to anger we speak about. And the Schar Kulam that they all got, we asked, what Schar? The Schar is the Schar of Avram's deeds that they passed and they brought them with all the flaws. When Avram Avinu takes it and brings it home, there is a schar that exists for them all in Avram Avinu's success. There's a schar. That's the opportunity of each human being that's born into the world. That's the responsibility of each person that's born into the world. Were we but just a, an inanimate object? So I was born, Manasseh. This is what I was given by my father, but there's something called choice. There's something called opportunity to take it further. That's the story of Avram Avinu, and that's what we're all asked. That's the, our stories of our own life. So that was the first Mishnah in this week's parak that I want to learn. I want to study another Mishnah that's... I wonder if I should hand out the city. You can hear it outside. This vert is a vert that's important to me. 
that I that I try to yearly say we're not going to be together for the fifth parak of Abbas. It's a vart that we learn every single year. When some stuff we said new this year, this is a vart yearly I learn with the chevra. So that means Hudi now is sixteen. He's heard it for sixteen <coughs> years of his life. But let him hear it a seventeenth time. What do you say? Yeah, this vart you might have heard more than sixteen times. Guilty as charged. But I want to say it. I want you to hear this part. The, the Mishnah in Avas is the fifth parak. It's Mishnah Yud Gimel. In this, please listen to the words of the Mishnah. Avi, listen to this. Maish, listen to this chat. Tell me what you think, Maish. The Mishnah says, Arba Spadam. There are four types of people. Arba Spadam. It describes, we have the anagram, we have nine personality types. In this Mishnah, we're going to talk about four types of people. Ha'aymer, listen to this, you'll like this part. There's a person, Ha'aymer, who says, Shali, Shali. We're going to end with this, everybody follow closely. JD, there's a person who says, What's mine is mine, Shali, Shali, Vishalcha, Shalach. What's yours is yours. That's one type of person. What's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. And the Mishnah says, Zu me the Bainis. He's an average person. A Bainini. Nope. Average guy is a Bainini. Vyesh Aimim. Some say he's much worse. Zumida Stoim, he's a stoimite. That's stoim. What's mine is mine, yours is yours. There's no sharing. He's stoimite. Some say that's stoim. You know, La Halacha, we force a person, Kaifan al the stoim. If you're going to a chasna anyway, you're going anyway to a chasna, and another guy wants a ride. It's not chesed to give him a ride. You're a stoimite if you don't give him a ride. It's midas Say, I want to go myself. You're going to the chasna anyway. Bring the person to the chasna. That's midas If he's nene and you're not chaser, not to let him is kaifen al midas It's literally stoim-like not to let a guy. Why not bring a guy? You're going anyway. That's a great Shiloh. Chaim asked an excellent, excellent Shiloh. For years we've cleared this in Yeshiva. Chaim says, you let him ask him to cover, because he can't say, well, you're going anywhere. Well, you need to go also anyway. So mecha me now, you're allowed to ask. But that's a good question, Chaim. But the rule is, if you're going anywhere, and you don't lose, and he just gains, kaifen al this time. So, yeah. So, yeah. so some say what's mine is mine and yours is yours. Is Bainanis is average? Some say it's time-like. Next, next. Zelig, the next person. You got guy one? Guy one, what's mine is mine, yours is yours. He's either average or time-like. Guy number two is what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. And the Mishnah says he's Namaritz. Namaritz. So we have two guys. What's mine is mine, yours is yours. Bainan, you're stoim like. What's mine is yours, what's yours is mine is Namaritz. How would that work? We're going to see everything. Shali Shalach. What's mine is yours, Vishalcha Shalach. What's yours is yours. Chasid. Chasid is like higher than a tzaddik. You mamish get life. What's mine is yours, and yours is yours. You get life. Chassid. Chassid, the word chassidus, 
means you don't just keep the Torah, you live the Torah. You get it. That's very cool. When the Mishnah wants to describe the person who gets life, he shares what he has, and what you have, he maintains the integrity, what you have, you have. It happens to be an extremely moving Mishnah. That uh, the Spitz, the Chassid, the ultimate Umamish get it. Umamish get it. Chassid is a mark of approval. You don't just keep the Torah, you get the Torah. That's what a Chassid means. You want to know how somebody looks who gets the Torah? He's incredibly sharing of his own gifts. What's mine is yours. And he's incredibly appreciative what's yours is yours. Sensitive what's yours is yours. Doesn't steal, doesn't seek to take what's yours. But what's mine is yours and yours is chasim. Shelcha sheli, what's yours is mine. A guy who's sticky fingers, he steals. Sheli sheli, and he doesn't share Russia. That defines an evil person. You want to know like the spitz Russia in the world? He doesn't share what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine too. That's the Spitz Russia. So that's we have this beautiful Mishnah. It actually makes sense. The defining thing of a chassid, somebody who gets the Torah, shares what's mine is yours. Somebody who, somebody who says what's yours is yours, that defines a tzaddik a chassid. A rush has defined what's mine is mine, he doesn't share, and what's yours is mine as well, he says. But I want to offer, Zelig, another point that the Mishnah brings out that's an accurate point. If everybody can listen like this, we're going to get two personality types. We're going to call a rigid, thank you so much, a rigid person, a very rigid person lives, what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. That's a rigid guy. Picture a guy in the dorm, picture who doesn't share any food he gets. He gets stuff. Excuse me. But he's very sensitive. What's yours is yours. Picture a guy in the dorm who never wakes up a roommate. So late at night, quiet, never turns on. But if you wake him up, that's what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. Very rigid. It's one fellow. The rigid guy feels he's God's gift to you, man. He's always on time to davenings. That type of person. He's a, he's a, he's a put-together guy. He's rigid. A what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours type of guy. He's always on time. He always lives his commitments. He says something, it happens. He's a rigid person. What's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. He alters God's gift to humanity and he should be proud of a lot of his gifts. But on time to davening is a big deal. The discipline with the siddharm is a big deal. The fact that he doesn't wake up his roommates is a big deal. The fact that he doesn't, he's not quick to take his roommate's nash is a big deal. Probably like a one, I would say. The problem is that built into that personality type is deep flaw. He doesn't share very much. He's not quick to say he'll do a favor. He's not very flexible. He's always on time to dive in. If his friend needs him, I'm sorry, he's busy. He's not very flexible. So built into that is tremendous flaw. If a person stays, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, so he's either a bainini or midastayim. You haven't done anything in your life. Now let's go to the other end, the loosey-goosey guy. He holds his God's gift to me so easy go. His roommates wake him up, they come in noisily late at night. He's like, ah, don't worry. 
He gets Nash sent from home. Please, Hevra. Anybody take? What's mine is yours. Such a nice person. So flexible. Can we speak? Sure. He's so flexible, easy, always willing. See, he holds his God's gift to humanity. Such a nice, flexible, happy-go-lucky gishmak again. The problem is that, yeah, he, you're right, he doesn't, he, he doesn't mind he wakes up, but he'll wake up a roommate. He'll wake up a roommate very easily. You're right, he's all flexible, but he's not on time to shachris. You're right, he's always committing to do chasad, but he doesn't always see it through. So we'll call that guy, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. He shares, but he also like will easily take from a roommate because he's always willing to share. He's, he's Mr. Flexible. You could wake him up, but he's also easygoing and wakes up his roommate, talks a little too loud. And we'll describe that guy, what's mine is yours and yours is mine. And the Mishnah says he's not ma'aretz. You didn't do anything with your life. Now let's describe chassid, a guy's a tzaddik. He has a contradiction. What's mine is yours, but what's yours is yours. When it comes to my side of the coin, sharing, flexible, easygoing, when it comes to yours, rigid and disciplined, yours is yours. That defines a chassid, that contradiction, it doesn't matter what his starting point is. It almost should, you shouldn't be able to tell. You see a human being, I don't even know, is he rigid or flexible? He doesn't make sense. When it comes to sharing, he's giving, generous, he's so rigid. What's mine is yours. When it comes to the other guy, what's yours is yours. Doesn't touch. Doesn't wake up a roommate. Is on time to his responsibilities. Nobody in the world is naturally what's mine is yours and yours is yours. That defines a chassid, a tzaddik. That defines a person who gets it. And I don't care if his starting point was Mr. Rigid or his starting point was Mr. Lucy Goosey. He's taken that which was naturally good and strengthened it. And that which was naturally bad, he's fixed. That's a chassid. That's mamish the chassid in the world. The picture of a Russia is the opposite. In every person's personality has some natural goodness. If you're ma'abed, the Russia is the other way. What's mine is mine. Say so he's rigid, at least what's yours is yours. No, but yours is mine too. Nobody naturally is what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Nobody's naturally that way. If you're so rigid that your mind is mine, so at least yours is yours. And the definition then of a Russia is ma'abe, that which was naturally good. He concedes that which is naturally good. I want to say to everybody that we have two options, and I observed this in, in, in observing human life. We have two options. All of us within the gifts that were handed us have natural, very good points from what we're handed, and no matter what personality we have, it has natural flaws. And the choice is as follows. The Russia, because of the natural flaws, gives up and is ma'abe, that which was naturally good. Because of his flaws, he gives up and he loses that which is naturally good. The tzaddik takes that which is strong and fixes that which was bad about it, and that defines the chassid. So you have a rigid guy. His rigidity can cause on the rush, he says, oh, I'm, such a, I'm always getting angry at my roommates, I'm never flexible. 
and it forces him. He, he identifies, I'm a bad mensch, and he gives up that which was good about legitimacy. You had a good part. What's yours is yours. He's ma'abedah. He just sees the negative of his midas, and he's ma'abed that which is good. He loses and gives up that which is good. So many people have character traits that they're upset about that have tremendously good parts about it. I have seen guys, I spoke to a guy who gets very angry during sports. So he like hates himself for that bad meat. It's not a bad midah. You're competitive. It's called netzach. It's a wonderful midah. Now learn, don't be ma'ah, but don't give up the midah of netzach. You're competitive. That's why we all have some netzach. You have a lot. You have extra portion of netzach. Wonderful. Use that in the right time for the right place. Channel that. <laughs> you'll have many battles of life that you'll unleash netzach, the competitive edge. It'll be very important. Don't be ma'abi that which is good. Defining thing of a Russia is he's overwhelmed by that which is bad of his midah and as such gives up that which is good. He's ma'abed. If you think about the Russia, it always, Zelig, I'm saying it different this year. Who do you heard it sick? I've never said it like this once before. What I'm, what I, what I'm being yared hoodie this year is what's the deal with the Russia? Said so the Russia's a guy. He, he, the Russia's backwards. What's mine is mine. So you're selfish. So you're rigid. And what's yours is mine. So he's not mishogunah. He's like trying to get angry at God. Maybe. He's like purposely doing whatever is bad. But I'm explaining what creates the Russia is since there's bad to every media in the world. There's, I don't even call bad, there's negative consequence. If it's not channeled and measured and worked on, it has a negative to it. Since it has a since it has a natural deficiency is mida, so the Russia gives up and is ma'abi that which was good about the mida. Been a Russia, so he, he stopped seeing and identifying there was a good part to what you had. There was a very good zach in what you had. Don't give up the whole zach because it played out in a bad, in a bad way. The Russia is a person who's ma'abi that which is good about it. He, I'm such a Russia, so it was good. He, he's not noticing. He doesn't live with what was good about it. The rigid guy should live with his... He should know that there's a tremendous smile in his rigidity. The Russia, because of the flaw of rigidity, is ma'abe, that which is good. He doesn't hold on to that which is good because he doesn't value the part that was good. He uptitches it as bad. So he's ma'abe, that which was good about it. I have seen this in countless midas. People do this. They give up on something. It had a beautiful part to it. It had a beautiful part to it. Don't be ma'abe the whole thing. The terror says, find out the part that's bad. I, but, I, but I hold on and maintain and recognize the value of what was good about the midah. So that's the chassid. The chassid takes that which was good and is makir the beauty and value of that which is good and that which was chassid he fixes up. And as such he walks out, this chassid, an incredible person. It's hard to know how he started but he's, what's mine is yours. He's so flexible and giving. What's yours is yours. You almost can't tell. It should be difficult to tell what was he naturally as that mud in the guy. He's so, that's why I always say big people have contradictions. It's not a contradiction. 
But that's a chassid, that's a big person. He values what was good in his midah. He finds what was good in his midah. I find this a lot. I find this a lot of environments that we call good midahs. Often in, in secular schools they rack this. I would challenge the good midas award. He has very bad midas. He's not assertive enough. That's good midas. He's quiet. Good midas often in secular, in a public school, the guy who gets the character where it just means the teacher's day was the easiest from him. That's what it, it really just a new uptage. The teacher wants kids like him. Good midas. He's quiet. He's not assertive. That's a bad midas not to be assertive. The Teretz is, in the right time, to be quiet. He, this kid might need to take assertive courses to learn when to express, when to... I told the guys the story. I'm going to tell you a new uptight, Trudy, in the story. Years ago in the base Medrash, I invited a guy for Shabbos Kodesh to eat by me, Shabbos lunch. So he was learning with his Chavrusa. The picture see Momo, Momo, learning with his Chavrusa. I walk up to Mo, so I say, Shabbos day, you'll come to me. And he turns around, that's a true story. I said, Shabbos, Shabbos lunch. And he was asking me, you want to come Shabbos lunch? I, want, I like the guy. He turns around and says, no! Wow. <laughs> You're not expecting to get like, if you get punched, I've done many bad things in my life. Inviting a guy for a suit is not like the biggest crime, like an explosion. No. What happened? So the guy was working, the guy's very pushed around. And when people say something, he feels like he's not very assertive. So I thought like he was trying to be assertive as a healthy assertive. This week doesn't work for me. That before you could be healthy, you, you said it comes out hard because it's hard for him to get out. That's not really the shot. In the past, I explained it that way. The real shot is that when you're very not assertive, he hears me asking him, Shabbos lunch is the same thing as a guy holding a gun saying, Shabbos lunch, you're by me. So you could have no choice but to kick the gun out of my hand. Because he's so pushed around, just asking, you're forcing me to come. I'm going to punch you for that. He's screaming no, because to him, I came with a gun. He's so not assertive, saying Shabbos lunch. In his whole life, he can't say no, so literally you held the gun. So of course he's going to come at it. He's going to do his karate chop to knock the gun out of my hand. That's the oymek that's the of what happened, that he came out so stark. But, but the yisayid with midas, the yisayid with midas is to take that which is naturally good and, and celebrate it. And it's important. And in finding to the kid who's very loud in class and he has a lot of assertiveness and he has to learn, okay, you know. <laughs> midas is to, is to celebrate that which is good about our midas. I, have, I had a story... A guy, said, a guy in yeshiva said to his Rebbe, some, a visiting speaker came and spoke. Elio, a visiting speaker, I love this story. There's some, we'll end with this, everybody said. Elio, listen to this story. A guy, a guy who had learned in this yeshiva was in Eretzel's Rebbe is a tr- one of the great mechanchim in the world today. And Elio, he said to his Rebbe, the, the basic details where he said, a visiting speaker came, and he said something very cynical about the visiting speaker to his Rebbe. He whispered to his Rebbe something very cynical. 
The Rebbe said, wow, you're brilliant. But like in an ernst way, wow, like you're so perceptive. But the Rebbe was excited, not he said it, like, like young boy, good boy. The Rebbe was like, the Shtoyim, you're so perceptive. The Rebbe like reactive, like delightful, like you're so... You're brilliant, like you nailed it, you're right. You know, he called out a speaker, the speaker he, he didn't feel was honest, whatever, and he called him, and the Rebbe like reacted, a lot of nachas. Then the Rebbe slapped him in the face, not hard. The Rebbe gave him a patch. After first being like crazy excited, then there you a patch, he said, don't you ever knock, don't, stop knocking people. There was something so delightful and MS about it. It's not, there's not a chinuch tricks, there are no tricks in chinuch. The Rebbe would say, it's very good, I've used my own children. Sometimes your kid says something, you say, Lashnar! It's true you should tell Lashnar. You, you notice he's also very perceptive. It's not just a cute thing that you're not being so critical. The kid himself should know that he has a good zach. He's a very perceptive. It's, it's taco good too. When you just yell at him, don't ever talk that way. You actually taught him that you're just bad. So I'm just bad that I notice things. It's actually, I'm very proud that you notice things. I have to teach you that too. It so moved me, Elio, that the Rebbe taught this guy, you have a good tool. You're very, you're, you're very clever and you notice things. That's very important. It's not enough. Now stop walking around saying critical, <coughs> cynical things on people. Okay, that's also important to learn. It's complex. The fact that he notices things, the fact that he has opinions, the fact that he's not just takes anything or anybody says anything is true, there's a healthy aspect to that. And this Rebbe didn't want to just patch him, you're just knocking people. He wanted to point out that in your actions, there's, there's a very good chaylik here. Okay, we have to learn. Stop being so cynical. Besides, I have to learn this stuff to work on, to, to find when, to figure out your spots. <coughs> I was so moved, Elio, by a Rebbe who's so smart. Instead of just flushing art. Sometimes you kid, I'm so, you could be a shtickle even proud. I'm not, the lushing art stops. And, I'm proud how smart you are. I'm proud how observant you are. Now, be very careful. What? Little kids always Little kids are very black and white. It is true. It's hard. Like get that cute thing where the kid like says something. Such a good cop. Like that five-year-old. Can't help yourself but like smile. It's true. It's true. It's a hard spot, and little kids are very black and white. So I'm not getting involved. Had to give this over, but I'm saying the truth. And I was impressed by this Rebbe Elio, who was able to impart to a youngster that it's not just how many people had told this youngster before stop being cynical. This Rebbe, he literally took it from because the Rebbe said you have gifts that are very precious and important. He had nachas and was, was comfortable enough to acknowledge the nachas. You're a sharp guy. <laughs> but he was like, but, but first very proud and had a geschmack for how smart and sharp. Then okay, you know, there's, there's what to work on here. This is a truth of Midas. It's a truth attitude towards the Midas of our life and the defining aspect of a chassid. Celebrates and appreciates and takes great strength that is Midas that he has and the positive aspects of them and fixes up his misakin, that which comes out as wrong in his Midas is misakin. That defines a chassid, you get it. And the Russia, in seeing the, in seeing the difficulties of his character, he gives up that he concedes that which is good about him. In a tragic way, the Russia is, you know, there's a book, The Making of a Tzaddik. Like, what, how do you create a Tzaddik? What I would say, and I, I always say after I write a book, The Making of a Russia, 
the way a tzaddik becomes a tzaddik and a rasha becomes a rasha, a tzaddik sees in his midas the aspect that's very godly. And you, we'd be shocked in all the... The guy who loses it in the gym, the guy who totally loses it, you should know you're seeing something very godly. He's competitive. He's seeing Netzach. It's one of the midas of Hashem. You're competitive. Wow. You're actually seeing something gishmak. I'll never forget a guy took... The guy's a very successful guy. He was mad during leagues. We used to play in the Y. Guy took the basketball, ran to the entrance of the Y, opened the door, and just heaved the basketball. It was over a game. It was competitive about a game. It was a situation in the game. So you saw he's a, he's a, you saw Russia. You saw Netzach unleashed. <laughs> Netzach means competitive. It's a middle. That same guy is winning very many victories against the Yitzhara because of that Netzach. What you're seeing is a midah. Now there's also, you have to also give him a patch or, or some form of muster to teach him that he has to learn how to control the midah. The, the chassid, the tzaddik, takes the aspect and appreciates the aspect of his midah. That's wonderful. He finds in the midah tremendous milus and he gains chizuk and that which needs to be fixed, fix about it. And the rasha sees the bad part of it is, is disgusted with himself and is ma'abe, that which is good. He lets go of that which is good and you have a person, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Whatever his natural was, either his natural was what's mine is yours and yours is mine. You had a good side. Why didn't you celebrate that? Because he got overwhelmed by what was bad. The making of the rush, got overwhelmed what was bad and ma'abed what's good. The making of a tzaddik appreciates what's good and is misakim what's bad. So, of course, we have the children family. Amazing, amazing. There's like, this has been Shimmy, a big water very weak. We had three chasnas, Baruch Hashem. Siat Nishmaya, we had a bris that one of the Yerulai, Yitzhi Hertz made a bris. So Shimmy's mishpachas here, it makes sense on a happy, exciting, ce- a week of celebration. The Shiller mishpacha is here this week. Excellent. Just made the week even that much better. Thank you, Shimmy. With all the things the yeshiva teaches, and we, the word shleimus matters. Tefillah, midas taivas, Talmud Torah, Keneged Kulam, that a person knows what it says in the Torah, and that a person is aware of, studies Torah, and takes seriously Torah. We spoke yesterday, the Rabbeinu Yainu, that Chachma is the appreciation of wisdom. And I want to say on Shimi, on, on, on Shimi, that he's somebody who's a Talmud Chacham Muflik. The amount of Torah that Shemi knows is dazzling. And the chashivas for Torah, his appreciation for the rat, for Dvar Torah, his, his even akpada to get exact. He doesn't like what something is said and, and distorted. What, this, what does it say in exactness? for And somebody who's machshiv Torah and knows a lot of Torah, tremendous, tremendous nachas to have somebody like Shemi. So it's really an honor to have Shimi and his entire mishpacha here. We're going to Davin Mincha now, and then there'll be, maybe we'll even come in.
You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Myron McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.